Good morning. Thank you for joining me, Pastor Zach Williams of Flat Creek Baptist Church here in Gainesville, Georgia, for another edition of New Horizons, the daily podcast and radio ministry of Flat Creek Baptist Church. It is always my joy to be able to dive deep into God's word with you, and I pray that these podcasts are a blessing to you and your daily walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would like more information about us as a church and how we might come alongside of you, Just go and visit our website, flatcreekchurch.net, and you can find all the information you need to know about us there. Uh, Friends, today we're going to continue walking through the book of Acts, and we're going to be in Acts chapter number 19. And we're going to kind of walk through a lengthy portion of the text together today. So uh, just buckle up and get ready, because we're going to walk through some stuff this morning. Uh, But I want you to see that the Bible says, Then Paul entered the synagogue, he's now in Ephesus, And he spoke boldly over a period of three months, engaging in discussion and trying to persuade them about the things of the kingdom of God. But when some became hardened and would not believe, slandering the way in front of the crowd, he withdrew from them and met separately with the disciples, conducting discussions every day in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And this went on for two years. So that all the inhabitants of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the message about the Lord. So Paul stays on in Ephesus for two years. Now, now friends, I'll tell you today uh, that this is uh, statistically the longest period of time that Paul spent in one area. He spent it in Ephesus. And indeed, in chapter number 20, we're going to find... Uh, Just how much Paul actually did love the people at Ephesus as we're going to see him kind of tear himself away from the church there as he is going to go on to Jerusalem. We'll get there in due time. But Paul loved the people of Ephesus and he loved the church of Ephesus. And, you know, Ephesus was a place that that was truly in the in the in the clutches of Satan, this huge temple to to God, the goddess named Artemis or Diana was there in the city. And we're going to see that in a few few days as we uh, begin to see these shrines and things of Ar- Artemis, how people come against Paul and say that he's taking money out of their pocket, all these different things. Uh, but, but, you know, these shrines to Artemis, very grotesque worship to this goddess. All this is going on in Ephesus, just a truly a pagan culture, a pagan city. Paul has arrived He's teaching and preaching the good news. He's done this now for two years. And friends, let me remind you today of this one simple little point. When God is on the move, people are being saved. Families are being stored. Homes are being revived. People are being baptized. You know, God is on the move. You can rest assured that the enemy is lurking right around the corner. I mean, all you have to do is go into any local church body where the spirit is moving. And I can almost guarantee you that in every single location, the old devil is is lurking in the midst somewhere and he's creating an uproar. He's creating tension. He's always working to stifle and stop the word of God from going forward. And what we're going to see in Ephesus is exactly that. But I want you to see. The beauty of this is how God uses even the schemes of the enemy to destroy the work of God to actually advance the gospel. The Bible says that God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands. Now, I love how Luke writes this. He says, don't 
Don't ever equate the miracles that were taking place under uh, the ministry of Paul for being miracles that Paul was able to work on his own power or his own accord. Luke says, no way. Luke says, Paul and everybody that was with him, they knew that these things that were happening were all to the glory of God. And I want to remind every pastor, every person out there of this one thing, always give glory to God. Always say, you know what? It's because of him. He's the one who did it. He's the one who accomplished it. Without him, none of these things are possible. And Luke says, God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands so that even the face cloths face cloth or work aprons that touched his skin were brought to the sick and diseases left them and evil spirits came out of them. I mean, this is serious power that God is working through the life of the Apostle Paul. And it's all to authenticate the message that he preaches. So, so it's not the signs and the wonders that are going to save the people. Instead, these things are only validation of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. God, in essence, saying this message that Paul preaches is true and I'm going to authenticate it. I'm going to put my stamp of approval on it so that you might know that Paul is working by my power and in my might and in my will to advance my message to the ends of the earth. Now, watch what happens in verse 13. Then some itinerant Jewish exorcist. Okay, so an exorcist is somebody who cast demons out of a person. They attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. They said, I command you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. So seven young men, their sons of this man named Sceva, are going around trying to cast out demons this way, we command you in the name of Jesus or by Jesus that Paul preaches. And I want you to listen to what the evil spirit says in return. The evil spirit says, I know Jesus and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Now we're going to continue in on this tomorrow, but I want to stop right there for just a moment. And I want to remind you of something that D.L. Moody said many years ago. Of course, if you don't know D.L. Moody, he was a great evangelist in the 18th century and uh, or 19th century. And D.L. Moody once made the following statement. He said, when I wake up in the morning and my feet hit the floor, I want the alarm bells in hell to ring and for Satan to say, oh no, He's up again. Uh, friends, let me ask you a question. Does the enemy know your name? Does the enemy know who you are? And does our enemy, Satan, consider you a threat to his kingdom? Uh, you, you see, friends, of course, these evil spirits knew who Jesus was because, of course, Jesus is the eternal son of God, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the Bible even tells us in the book of James that the demons believe and they shudder in fear. So these demons, of course, they knew who Jesus was. And they knew who Paul was. Now think about that. 
I mean, Paul was the type of man who when his feet hit the floor, alarm bells went off and they said, oh no, he's up again. We know Jesus. We know Paul. But who are you? So, does Satan know who you are? Are you making that type of difference for the gospel ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work of the kingdom that the enemy would say, we know Jesus and we know this guy. Or would they look at you and say, but who are you again? <laughs> you know, we've never heard our master mention your name before. We've never heard of him say that we need to watch out for you because you're doing great work for the kingdom of God. We've never even put your name on our radar screen. So who are you one more time? You know, friends, I want to be the type of guy like D.O. Moody. I want to be a guy like Paul. I want to be a little more like Jesus. You know, I want... I want the forces of hell to say, he's up again. The alarm bells need to go off. We've got to get in the way. We've got to do all we can to stifle the work of the ministry, the gospel that this man is accomplishing. Because it's the true gospel that he preaches. We've got to stop him every step of the way. I want to be that type of disciple. I want to be that type of Christian man, that type of follower. We know Jesus. We know Paul. But who are you? It's a great question today. Who are you? Does the enemy know your name?